0: And I felt this kind of sense of, yes, of mission, of um, passion to to kind of be this bridge between the medical world and the cancer patient and, and give this attention and all these additional tools to help yourself in your healing journey.
1: Cancer diagnosis can be overwhelming for both the patient and their loved ones. Some cancer patients have found solace and empowerment in their situation by engaging with a cancer coach during their treatment. I'm guessing you're wondering, as I did when I first came across it, what exactly does a cancer coach do? Today we're going to be speaking to Isabel Galliano. Isabel is a cancer health coach, and I'm guessing you're at this point thinking, just like I was when I first came across it, what is a cancer health coach? Well, Isabel is going to be telling us all about it today, um, and some of the other things that Isabel is also certified in. She is a Reiki practitioner, she's a yoga instructor, She has a certificate in functional medicine. She's currently doing a certificate in naturopathy, and she is also a cancer health coach. I hope you enjoy this episode. You do functional medicine, you're a Reiki practitioner, you're a yoga teacher, and then you're also a health coach specifically for cancer patients. And what does a health coach for cancer patients do?
0: Well, it's really about uh, supporting cancer patients and guiding them throughout the journey. You know and it's uh, it has the emotional aspect, of course, to just be there and listen to them and um, give them a space where they can kind of let go of all the feelings, the anxiety, uh, right. the insecurity around the situation. But yeah. it's also, um, you know, my, my mission is also to give them really very practical tools to right. enhance their physical and emotional well-being, and their quality of life.
1: And so what are these tools that you talk about where you you give them as part of the coaching?
0: Well, it's always v- really very individualized. So it always, always depends at what moment you know they will reach out to me. Is it uh, at the beginning of the diagnosis? Are they just finished with the cancer treatments? Are they already in remission? So it all, all depends on that, and it's very individualized. But and and we I like to kind of uh, create a coaching program together with right. every single client and where we decide together on the priorities. But mainly the main, uh, main topics that we would talk about is, uh, of course, nutrition, you know, how to eat in a way that will put your body in the strongest possible way to fight the disease and also to just feel well. Uh, right. We talk a lot about sleep because um, up to 75% of cancer patients are sleep deprived and have a lot of trouble. Finding deep sleep. So, I give them a lot of tools and tips, you know, to enhance their sleep. Uh, we talk about stress management and anxiety management, where I, of course, also use uh, everything I learned as a yoga instructor and meditation and breathing techniques. Uh, we talk about movement. Uh, I, I like to say movement, not always exercise, because for cancer patients, exercise sometimes is right. very challenging. But you yeah. just make them understand the importance of keeping moving, keeping the body circulating and all the benefits it has for your body and mind. So it, it really goes to all the kind of pillars of health, but right. very individualized for cancer patient and then for that person that is in front of me.
1: So what are the time of... Okay, so those are the five pillars. You said nutrition, sleep, uh, movement um and what would the other one sorry
0: relaxation <laughs> <laughs> relaxation techniques. Exa- exa- yes and then also emotional well-being
1: and emotional well-being and in terms of like let's break down maybe one by one but like for example for nutrition could you give an example of like how in what sense would you s- support or create a plan based on a, a patient's nutrition well, plan? well
0: again uh, it's always difficult to kind of give general rules because mm. i have clients who who need to lose weight. I have clients who are very, very frail and need to gain weight. I have clients who have uh, autoimmune diseases or have diabetes. So you really need to individualize the the, the program. But generally speaking, it's about eating very nutrient-dense food. So talking about lots of vegetables from all the colors of the rainbow, make sure that you have enough a good quality protein every day, especially for my clients who are going through treatment. Your body just needs enough protein because every cell of your body needs it to heal and repair. So making sure they have, they understand, you know, how they need to kind of organize their food and what are the main um, nutrients that they need, and then also fiber is usually extremely important cancer patients because they most of them uh, suffer from constipation due to the treatments so make sure that they have a diet very rich in fiber to make sure that they have a healthy digestion gut health is very important for your immune system so it's it's really touching on all of these points
1: and you would make a formal like you would make a whole nutrition plan during the time that you're doing the coaching program for them or you would just give mild suggestions
0: there is no kind of copy paste kind Mm. of program that i have Yeah, it depends also, honestly. It really depends also on the taste and on the culture and on the habits of the the, the person because um, I want them to still enjoy food, you know, and, and not to have to kind of shift and eat completely different than the rest of the family. But there still has to be pleasure and community around food. It's really about how can you make what you eat much more nutrient dense?
1: Yeah.
0: So, kind of add more of the nutrient dense things and get away more of the less healthy things that's how we start and then it depends on the person you know how much are they willing to do how much are they willing to really make a big change and and it's important for me also not to kind of find the the right middle way because if I overwhelm
1: them I lose
0: them I just lose them because they are already in a situation of being already overwhelmed of being uh, by the situation, but also by the amount of information that they get every day from the doctor, from their test results, the anxiety. So I really need to make sure that the person is ready and do it step by step, hand holding and not kind of give them a tsunami of information. And they kind of will have the feeling, oh, that's too much. I just can't do this. And then don't even want to start. Right. Okay. But there's a right. lot of kind of
1: getting to understand the person that is in front of you. And you would incorporate your functional medicine um, training into this as well?
0: Yes. Yes. I mean, in functional medicine, it's all about getting to the root cause. So I find that it's often a very emotional process, actually. And right. it's a question that I, I I like to ask, but I need to ask at the right moment in time. It's like, why do you think that you got cancer in the first place? Sure. And of course, not everybody has an answer. Um, but it's I think it's a a reflection that is worthwhile having Mm. Uh, and think about okay what kind of put me in a position that made me vulnerable because we all have cancer cells in our body all the time but our body is a machine that is designed to fight them off so if we are not able to do that job something went wrong of course there can be a component of genetic but we know nowadays that actually lifestyle is the biggest has the biggest impact on uh, on on cancer, so when you kind of get into that, you kind of start thinking about okay how what can I do different? how can I improve my lifestyle? how can I improve uh, my state of mind uh, right. my emotions uh, and it's important to get into that, but also to be very careful not to kind of make them feel bad or giving them yeah. a sense of that it's their fault or uh it's their responsibility that it happened to them so again it's it's having this kind of fine um correct attitude towards the questioning
1: yeah because it must i mean you have to be really careful and treading very very carefully and like asking these kind of questions yes and well. you know
0: i mean after a few years of experience and and seeing cancer patients every day and 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 most and foremost being having been through cancer myself you kind of get a sense for it and you have a sensitivity that gets enhanced with every person that you see and you learn it's a really a process of learning we learn together and i i learn with every single patients that i I have Um, and you, you kind of know you know when it's the right moment to 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 ask these questions
1: and i mean you just said that you also went through it is that what basically sparked the reason why you wanted to become a health coach is is that sort of the genesis of it
0: well it has been a very long journey for me to kind of do this career change and the first time that i was confronted with cancer is when my my mother was diagnosed with cancer at the age of 50 and i was i was her main caregiver Right. So I, yes, I was kind of projected in that life of, of, of cancer. And, uh, there was so many things that I felt w- were not addressed and I felt so kind of helpless, uh, right. in trying to help her, but I, it was very difficult to find the answer. And at that time there was no internet and <laughs> all that. So I, I immediately had this sense that there's so much more to be done. Mm. And then, um, Well, she unfortunately passed when she was 53. And then five years after that, I was diagnosed with cancer. And so it was kind of my turn to go through it with my own body and my own experience. And um, I really immediately had this sense that I have to do more than only the medical treatments. And I'm absolutely not against medical treatments. And I did them all. (laughs) You know, they did everything that is on the market with right. me, but I really felt that I, I needed to enhance my uh, health, and I needed to put myself in the, in the best possible position, in optimal position to heal, and medical treatment couldn't give me that alone, mm. so that's really where I first started to, to, to get on the quest, what does it even mean to be healthy, yeah. uh, what do you have to do to be healthy and to remain healthy, and I did it mostly for myself. But very soon I, I became very, very passionate about it. And I loved diving into nutrition. I became a cancer coach, a cancer instructor. I certified in the therapy, in meditation. And then uh, I really said, you know, th- there's so much more to say to cancer patients. There's so much more help to give to them. And I felt this kind of sense of, yes, of mission, of, um. Of passion to to kind of be this bridge between the medical world and the cancer patient, and and give this attention and all these additional tools
1: to 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 uh, to help yourself in your healing journey. And how much does sleep part, play a part in the healing process? For because you say that you also provide you know sleep related uh, yes, tips or information.
0: Yes. I believe that sleep is the number one
1: uh, pillar
0: of health for Mm. everybody, for absolutely Mm. everybody. But uh, of course, especially for cancer patients uh, too, because um, I mean, if you are sleep deprived, your body and mind just don't function at an optimal level. Um, And for cancer patients, that has so many consequences. It's really like a snowball effect. So first of all, you are. You need to take very, very a big decision. Uh, yeah. You know, on the treatments to take, on what kind of surgery you want to have. And if you are sleep deprived, it's just much more difficult to have a clear, you know, mind about all of this. But mm. also, uh, the motivation goes down. You know, to yeah. to go through all these treatments. You, you really need a lot of motivation when you are sleep deprived. And we have all been sleep deprived. We just yeah. don't feel at our, our, our best uh, state so and then also physically there are so many consequences on your immune system on your inflammation on your ability to heal I mean there is a reason why when when we have an injury or when we are sick that we feel tired because yeah. it's a way for our body to really uh, make us sleep because we need that additional sleep to to heal and restore so for cancer patients, and, and actually for every person I see, even for non-cancer patients, it's the first point I would I would kind of target is how is your sleep? And if there is um, a trouble in their sleep patterns, it will always be the first priority to make them sleep better. And as you well know, it's not only about length, but also about quality. Absolutely. And to really kind of go through all the, the techniques and all the sleep hygiene and, and every kind of tip that could help them enhance sleep and you you they feel the difference immediately also in terms of motivation to 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 move and to do exercises um it's it it just has a positive impact on every single aspect of your physical and mental
1: health right and in terms of movement as well that you said like what kind of exercise to <laughs> you talk, like well, with it's just going for a walk or is it like a specific is it like yoga or is it more is which is it one or the other it could be anything really depending on the person. well
0: again it's it's uh i'm i i, I always answer is the same uh and so it's, it's very individualized again because i mean it, it really depends the age of the person of the the, the surgery they just went through uh, if they are in treatment or not, how weak they are, if they are able to eat or not. So there are many, many factors. But so I really kind of make a difference between movement and exercise. Mm. And uh, I always say movement is essential. Right. Exercise is optimal. Right. So, however, in a bad shape you feel, I always encourage them to move. Even if they lie down in bed, I encourage them, you know, to just move their feet you know to keep the circulation going to do some you know exercises of the shoulders to do stretch their neck whatever they can do they should do it because uh, it has a lot a lot of positive effects it um, you know it it keeps the circulation going Uh, uh, it, it also has an impact on your mood and then it's always for me about doing it step by step it's really like steady but Uh, in a consequent way so as soon as if they are in the right position to to start exercising i will always encourage them to start slowly if possible go outside outside is just the best thing you know uh, to be in the fresh air in the morning sun get some vitamin d get you know the positive vibe from from nature and start by just walking as much as you can once a day then twice a day and then uh, do some stretches. uh, And then when they can, I'd like to incorporate some uh, strengthening. Because very often, uh, while going to treatment, of course, it has a negative impact on your muscles. So you lose a lot of muscle mass by lying down. But also the chemo, you know, it just has a devastating effect on, on, on muscles. So to kind of slowly start building up the muscles, um, but it's all really step by step. And, and again, you, you can't forget that you are talking to people who feel very vulnerable.
1: Yeah. And
0: very often talking about exercise, it's like a stress factor. It's like, how can I do exercise? I'm too frail. I'm too fragile. I'm scared. Hmm. So it's first of all to put them in a in a position where they feel confident enough and they feel yeah. that they are uh, at no risk and that this will be something positive for them.
1: And if you don't mind me asking, when you went through having cancer yourself, um, what was it like for you? Like, you didn't have you didn't have these kind of support mechanisms around for you. I mean, you went through watching your mother and trying to support her. Then, did you know information already when you came across and had it yourself, or was it much after that that you got into learning about the information?
0: Um, honestly, um, so. I had cancer twice, actually. So I, I had okay. when when I first uh, was diagnosed, you know, it's I think like with everybody, it's just like boof, a swarming, yeah. like yeah, falling on you, and you just kind of survive, mm-hmm. you know, and you become a little bit like a robot, uh, and you just kind of go to what you have to do, the the, the you know all the medical uh, treatments and the medical appointments and all of this, and then. There comes a moment where you start thinking okay what else can i do here yeah but i have to say that in my case it really kind of dawned on me when i had my relapse so i had two years after my first cancer diagnosis i i had a relapse right uh, and that's where i said well it was obviously not enough what i did in the first place
1: right
0: so what else can i do you know i did everything the doctor said. I didn't miss any appointment. I didn't miss any medication. I didn't miss So you any did treating. all
1: the medical medical stuff yeah. in the first yeah, one, for I sure. Had, okay. I,
0: yes, of course. I, I had surgery. I had chemotherapy. I had radiation. I had hormone therapy. Everything that was thrown at me, I, I took it because, right. Right. I mean, I was only 32 years old. And being that young, the cancer was, of course, quite aggressive. Hmm. Um, but I still thought the second time I will still continue doing, of course, everything that uh, my doctors advises, but how can I, you know, enhance my possibilities to, to, to kind of get over this once yeah. and for all? Right. And that kind of started this quest. And, and also, honestly, it's also a lot of, of also um, quality of life. Mm. Because when you go through all these treatments, you should, I mean, it, it's really hard on yeah. your body your mind, and I just didn't want to go to that again. So I said, right. Okay, how can I put myself in the optimal position to have to experience it in a less um, harsh way?
1: And that's when you and then so it was the second time around that you basically just started yeah, absorbing I, I really, whatever information yes, that you could. Then, and
0: then, I, yes, then I really said, Okay, I need to really kind of dive into this a little bit deeper. And um, what did you start also, with when you dived in? I I've kind of had to admit to myself that I never really addressed the emotional aspect. Right. That I was kind of so strong fighting through this that I never allowed myself to, to have emotions. It was mm. like, just suck it up. Right, you know, right. And be a fighter, be a superwoman and... I didn't allow myself to cry. I didn't allow myself to feel to vulnerable it was just go go, go exactly. Mm. so I never went to that place, of course, because of fear because you fear, you know if yeah you don't of course the vulnerability the vulnerability, will you be able to get out of it you know yeah so um I realized that that was kind of a mistake, you know that mm. uh, I had to embrace that part too, and that I had to kind of um yes, let the feelings out, and uh, that's where I kind of started with yoga. I see. So I started doing yoga, and I loved it instantly. The first class was like, wow, why didn't I do that before? (laughs) It was like, aha moment, like something that I really felt okay. Just clicked. Yeah, and it makes me feel well. It, Mm. It really makes me feel good. So... And then, as I'm a very passionate person, it was immediately, I want to become a yoga instructor, you know, after my first class. I had no idea about yoga, but I already wanted to become an instructor. So I started that journey. And then with that came a lot of breathing techniques and then discovering of meditation, yoga therapy. So it started with that. But then, uh, as I myself was asking questions about nutrition, uh, I said, you know, I, I need to understand because there's so much controversy, so yeah. much.
1: You know, it's it's so it's, much polarizing information falling about yes. nutrition here and there, right? Like one exactly. day coconut oil is good, one day it's not good. Like exactly. What is it? So mm-hmm. it
0: was really disruptive, you know. So okay, what should I eat? What should I not eat?
1: Exactly. And
0: I also, um, so I I wanted to understand. And I think that one thing that is very important was for me very important to understand is that you really have to accept that some things we just don't know, yeah. <laughs> you know, we yeah. just don't know. And yeah. in, in nutrition, it's not one and one equals two, and it's not all black and white. And yes, there are general rules with I too, two, uh, but still, it's again, personalized, it really depends on, on on every single person on the habits you have on your Body structure on your digestion on so many other things. So I think that already helped me make peace with it. That uh, you won't find kind of the magic perfect diet that is uh, works for everybody. That doesn't exist. So uh, there is also a part of trial and error. But uh, it it gave me a really uh, peace of mind of okay, what am I sure? is good for me and why uh, what am i sure is not good for me and uh and then also it's in then in the coaching it's more about okay you have all this knowledge now how do you apply it because we can all go online and find an exercise program we can all go online and read about how to enhance your sleep or how to have a healthy diet but how do you put it into practice in your life in your kind of world and that's where the coaching, of course, came into place and where I find I need to, to go into coaching and to, to find this, um, yes, this guidance to, to help people implement and uh, make it a real life change and kind of long term new habits. Um, that's where the coaching really comes into place.
1: So then you then pursued doing a coaching program, essentially, or like a coaching certification after you kind of touched upon nutrition, then you went into coaching and became like a life coach. So I,
0: so I did, uh, so I started with yoga, then I did uh, nutrition and health, which I'm actually still studying. I'm doing now uh, naturopathic nutrition at the uh, College of Naturopathic Medicine in London. So it's like a never ending kind of, and in between, I also did uh a certificate with the, function, uh, with the Institute of Functional Medicine and uh, a certificate in um, nutrition in the, in the oncology setting at the American Institute for Integrative Oncology. It's, it's, it's really my goal in this, apart from honestly the interest that I have myself in all of this and the passion of, 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 of really absorbing all this information, it's really to create a toolbox for my clients and uh, to give them tools that they can apply to make them feel better. Yeah. And uh, everything that I've learned um, are things that have no negative side effect. So right. I'm not at all kind of an extreme person, you know, to go to complete extreme diet or extreme kind of exercise program. But these are all tools that, um, that you, you don't take any risk and that was very important for me. Uh, also, with the meditation and the Reiki, for example, that it's, um, it's all very safe. And um, I, I just wanted to make sure that at no point I put somebody at any kind of risk or of, um, yeah, of risk of having kind of uh, additional side effects or interaction with, with their medication or their treatment.
1: And what are the, some of the biggest impacts that you've come across with your journey as a cancer health coach? Like, is there any, any stories that you can share from your clients, for example, that you've come across with your coaching methods?
0: I've been impacted with every single client I've seen. And it's, it's honestly, it's so humbling, um, to hear their stories, to see their fight, their motivation, their ups and downs. And it's, uh, it's very humbling and it's. Uh, uh, inspiring it's motivating sometimes it's sad of course but um, I think that the biggest thing for me is always to to see that they feel heard and understood yeah. you know mm. that somebody is listening to them and somebody gets it and understands it that gives them really a sense of relief and of sense of I'm not alone and, uh, and also the fact that they see me 10 years after uh, 10 years being cancer-free, it, it, it gives them a lot of hope. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and to see that there can be a completely normal life after this, uh, I, I feel that that's kind of the biggest impact. Uh, but every single client has told me that what uh, has made the biggest difference for them is that I've been to myself and mm. talking to somebody that is not talking about things they have read in the book or statistic but about things that they actually felt yeah. and went through themselves that that First really done experience kind of, mm-hmm. yes that that really makes for them is the biggest impact and also that they feel at ease and and, and comfortable to ask me any question you know yeah. about my experience or um, my ups and downs, and that I'm very open to talk about that.
1: I'm just wondering, like, if, if there are people who were listening to this and are currently, um, you know, either just diagnosed or going through stuff, like, is there any, so you mentioned about movement, you know, like at least getting some outdoor sort of movement, even if it's moving, you know, horizontally, like moving your feet, or, or just getting some movement in your body, and then obviously optimal to get some exercise. What's some other, like, tips like are there any like blacklisted items uh nutritionally like you know in terms not nutritionally but like is there any foods for example that you would say like absolutely no no if you are or is it more specific if you know which type of cancer they have and which stage they are
0: yes of course the more specific and the more individualized the better but yes there are general rules that work for everybody like again first of all sleep Mm. um and 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 the thing about sleep is just to make people realize how important it is yeah and to convince them that they have to put it as a priority and I always say to my clients you know you have to put it at the same level that your treatment you, mm. know, you won't miss on your medication at night don't miss on going to bed early so it's this kind of awareness so it's 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 really about awareness about a lot of things and then also the the in terms of exercise it's often the awareness that um, every little bit counts. Mm. And when you are in a situation where you think, oh, I'm not able to go to the gym or I'm not able to run, it's not all or nothing. Every movement that you do during the day will be helpful. Every time you go up and down a stair, it will be helpful. Every time you move your arms, it's a positive thing. And it adds up, you know, it's Mm. at the end of the day, how much you did at the end of the week. So it's a lot of mentality shift. That is important to do. And then for nutrition, you know, I I would say that some of general rule is um, a lot of variety. You know, have a lot of variety of different kinds of of, uh, food. Uh, Mm. As I said, there is no one magic food, but I believe in the power of uh, uh, vegetables and having lots and lots of colorful vegetables every single day with every single meal. As I said, uh, being, uh, in terms of protein, it's more quality than quantity, making sure you have good quality protein. Uh, and then another thing that is very often not talked about is about hydration. Uh, right, water, yeah. lots mm-hmm. and lots of water every single day, especially when you go through treatment because your body just needs to detoxify, needs to get rid of all of this. So drinking uh, lots of water is very important. Another thing that for me um, has been magical and every time I applied with a a client, it makes a big difference is uh, learning to breathe properly. Ah, okay. Learning breathing techniques, uh, it helps you calm down, it helps you sleep better at night and just again, being aware on your breathing and and use it to calm you down, uh, like just deep uh, abdominal breathing. Um, these are all, of course, things that that will be helpful for everybody. And then, if talking about what is an absolute no no, yeah, uh, I, I would say, I mean, go just back to basics. Eat real food. Eat the mm. food that has been, you know, growing in the ground, coming from a tree, and not the things that are packaged and uh, all these artificial um, things and ingredients. Uh, that would be kind of the first thing to go because we we, you need to give your body nutrients and not additional kind of uh, toxins and and artificial things that your body needs to get rid of and has more kind of work to do Um, of course everything that is uh, another thing What i I think everybody should be very careful is sugar Mm. um, to make sure uh, that you really control your sugar intake, I think that there is enough research now to kind of really um, shed the light about um, the negative effect on sugar in many in many ways you know it increases inflammation in the body it 's not good for your gut health um, it's it's it 's not good for your sleep uh, it 's not good for cardiovascular health there There are many things that uh sugar um is not um uh, the the right thing to eat and i think that um a big mistake that we did especially in the in the 80s and 90s is all this non fat uh, uh sugar free diet kind of uh wave that came to us where the sugar has been taken away but has been replaced with artificial fla- flavoring and we think that's okay yeah. which it's not no. Uh, in my opinion, it's even worse. Or for example, all the the fat-free, typical example is the fat-free f- yogurts. Hmm. You take out the fat, but you put a lot of sugar inside. But that's not really what, what the body needs. And I believe that the more you eat real food as it was made and not altered food, the better it is for your health.
1: Right. Okay. Those are great, some great tips. So sleep, definitely proper whole foods, lots more variety, a lot of colorful foods, uh, breathing techniques, um, getting some movement in there. And out of everything with the work that you do, what is, what is the main shift that you want to create with your work and with your clients?
0: Well, I would say that, um, of course there is there is this sense of hope of giving hope uh you know that there are better days ahead but it's also a lot about um addressing the stigma around cancer and uh, i felt it myself and i see it with my clients that there is still such a big stigma around cancer in the sense that uh, people are kind of afraid of it people start treating you differently people kind of you know, you have like kind of this big stamp on your forehead, mm. cancer patient, and they kind of forget the, the, the individual and the person behind it. And that's, uh, that's very difficult to go through. Yeah. Um, and this that's really emotional sad, part, actually. Mm. Yes. And, and there's a very uh, big emotional aspect and also feeling isolated, feeling not understood that plays a big part of it and is often not addressed. Mm. so, um, yes, I would like, you know, to kind of everybody, to, to empower everybody to kind of have more tools to handle the situation, because yeah. n- nobody teaches us that, Yeah, and, you know, when, if you are, t- if your friend comes to you and says, you know, I've, I've just been diagnosed with cancer, it's like, what do you say, how do you react to that, yeah. and, 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 and it's this kind of pity that, you know, you don't want to feel as a cancer patient and and, and I, I, I hope, yes, to kind of, you know, st- take away that stigma and uh, make cancer patients not feel kind of ashamed for, 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 for their illness. And I still see many uh, clients who don't say it to anybody, who don't dare to say it at work, they don't dare to say it even to family members because... They are just afraid that they won't be perceived in the same way anyway, that they will mm. be seen as, you know, um, different, as um, not as efficient, right. weaker. Um, so there's a lot of kind of stigma around it. And also because it's still very much kind of um, related to death. And that's yeah. just the way it is. And, and, and the good thing is that nowadays, so many types of cancer, you know, can be healed. Or even if you can't be healed, you can live with it. Uh, can be stabilized for for many many years. Mm. And so I, I hope that there will be a shift in the perception, and uh, especially in the way that everybody around makes a cancer patient feel. Yeah, um, because it's 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 an additional burden. It's mm. an additional kind of. Um, you know, thing that you have to go through and deal with when you're going through cancer treatment.
1: So then maybe my last question would be for those of us who know someone who might uh, come to us or already know someone that is going through it, who has been diagnosed with cancer and is going through treatment, what ways could we support? Well, I would
0: definitely say that the best thing is to start to to continue treating them exactly like you did before right you know Mm. it's just uh they are exactly the same person yeah they are just going through a hard time Mm. but the person behind it's exactly the same person but we start treating them differently and i've believe me i've experienced it in so many ways i mean professionally uh, in my surrounding people who just really completely changed their attitude towards me because they didn't know how to deal with it. And it's, and also if you are in the street and for example, in my case, I lost all my hair, you know, the looks of the people, the kind of, you know, the the faces of shock that you, you, you you sense it, you know, people yeah, think course, that yeah. you don't sense it, but you do sense every single Look every single kind of um, whisper behind you, and it's it's difficult. It's very difficult, and it it unfortunately leads to many cancer patients just wanting to stay at home because they don't want to deal with that. They don't want to de- deal with the outside world, with the the look, uh, yeah. the questions outside. So I would always say, I truly believe that the main thing that a cancer patient wants is just to Feel be themselves. Yeah. Be themselves mm-hmm. and, and feel normal and not be uh, kind of treated in a different way. And then the, the other thing is to offer practical help. Right. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's not about that much about, oh, I feel for you. I'm sorry for you. Uh, I know it comes from a good place, but it's okay. What can I do today for you that can help you?
1: Yeah. Do you
0: need me to go to the supermarket? Do you need me to get your kids at school? Do you need me to help you to write a letter to your insurance company? So very practical advice. Because again, we all have a very busy life. Yeah. To-do list that is endless. So imagine adding to that now a cancer (laughs) treatment, all the visits to the doctors, feeling exhausted, tired, uh, the, the side effects of the treatment. So it's really overwhelming. So every practical help that you can get is it's, 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 that you will really appreciate, and that really makes a difference in your life. And that's what helped me the most. You know, when when I would say to a friend, you know what, I just feel too weak to go to the supermarket. Can you go for me? Or um, oh, I need to write that letter to my landlord for whatever reason, and I just can't focus. Can you help me? And it just kind of you know relieves you. Yeah. Uh, and and. I, th- I think that's what people should focus more, and also to ch- kind of show that they are there, because mm. unfortunately you will see distancing from many people because they don't know how to handle it. They they are afraid to ask the wrong question. They are afraid yes. to say the wrong thing, which I understand and I don't blame them. But sometimes you really feel alone because suddenly nobody calls you anymore, mm. and you are not part of the team anymore. And I mean, I still wanted to go out. I still wanted to go to the restaurant. I still wanted to be invited to the party. (laughs) And it's my choice to decide if I go or not. But I still want to get invited. Don't assume that I'm not able to go or don't assume that I don't want to go. That's my decision to take. Treat Mm. me as normal as possible. And in my personal case, I have to tell you that what really, really helped me is I never stopped working. So I, Mm. I, I would go to work. And I had such an incredible team. And every time I stepped to that door, I just felt myself. You know, they, they, mm. I didn't feel like a cancer patient. They yeah. treated me like the same person before. I had my responsibilities, my obligation, my targets. And that feeling of, uh, this is still the same. And this is, you know, kind of, I, I know that. That, that, that gave me a really a sense of, of uh, not losing control of everything.
1: Mm, okay. Well, I think on, on that note, I think everyone should take a couple of tips now from Isabel on how you can help you know, your loved ones and friends to support their journey. Thank you so much, Isabel, for sharing all the knowledge You're that you have. You're most
0: welcome. Thank and you.
1: Thank you I, for having me. Please, please continue to do the good work for the people that you help. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you.